Hey everyone, welcome to The Dark Cast. I'm your host, Jonathan Miley. The Dark Cast is a bi-weekly discussion about video games and the culture that surrounds them. The show is divided into multiple conversations between myself and the various writers here on DarkStation.com. In section one, Brian Tyler and I take a trip down memory lane and discuss our history with Telltale Games. In section two, Alan Kessinger and I talk about some of our favorite licensed movie games and ask the question, where did they all go? You can find exact timestamps for each section as well as more information about the things that we discuss in the show notes for this episode. You can find all of that on darkstation.com. There you can also find the Darkcast Interviews podcast as well as video game reviews, previews, and features. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at darkstation underscore com, find us on Facebook, check us out on YouTube, and email us at podcast at darkstation.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now on with the show. Welcome back to the Darkcast, everybody. I'm Jonathan, and joining me is Brian Tyler, Mr. Telltale, Mr. Brian, Telltale, Mr. Telltale Tyler. Yep. Yes, yep, yeah. I'm back. I'm um, ready to talk about whatever we're going to talk about tonight. I have no idea what that is. Uh, <laughs> That's the usually name, the way it goes. Yeah, the name possibly doesn't have anything to do with it, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But uh, but Mr. I, uh, Telltale's here. I like to keep both my audience and the people on the show with me in suspense. Yep. Totally uh, so guessing no one... the whole time. No one ever knows what we're going to talk about. Uh, I've always thought it was a weird choice, but you know what? I've learned how to roll with it over the years, so I'm I now I don't even know what I would do knowing what to talk about when I come. Through. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's probably true. You're, you're pretty good off the cuff, so <laughs> that'd be really awkward if we started planning things now, right? Yep. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so in in last episode, we had a pretty long conversation about uh, The Walking Dead, and you have been our resident uh, Walking Dead and a lot of the the Telltale uh, game reviews uh, for for quite some time now. And so I figured you would would be a fitting person to sit down and talk to about Telltale um, obviously, they, they closed uh, last year in 2018, uh, which uh, many of us thought that that meant we weren't going to get to see the end of Clementine's story, uh, but we did get to see that, so yay. Yeah. Um, or not yeah, yay. Absolutely. Uh, I guess depending you'll, on you'll you know, how the show to, to ends. That, you'll have to listen to that episode to find out. That's right. That's right. Uh, but... That is a great thing that's, uh, you know, they're able to finish that story. And there's a lot of stories that they probably weren't able to finish, and some of them it's probably a good thing. Um, but, you know, they've done a lot of interesting things over the years. When, when I think about tell, Telltale, um, I kind of think about them as a post-The Walking Dead company. Uh, because they they changed a lot when 
The Walking Dead, you know, like caught fire yes. and everybody went crazy over it. I remember that was uh, 2012 when that game came out because everybody else uh, had The Walking Dead as their game of the year, but I had Mass Effect 3, yep. obviously, as my game of the year. Um, but that was a really interesting time with that video game. I had I'd only been writing for, for Dark Station for about a year at that point, and so being, like, having a bunch of friends and knowing uh, you know a bunch of people that played video games as much as I did was new and then having this weird game that was released in pieces instead of all at once uh you could play that piece and then you had like 2 months to talk about it yeah um and then you got the next piece and then then everybody kind of huddled around that and talked about it it's, it's like game of thrones now yes. um is was kind of the way we treated uh, the first season of The Walking Dead. Totally. I came in, um, I started uh, that uh, September or October. So I was there, uh, I had finished, I once I, you guys had done like two or three episodes on the first two or three episodes, and then I was there, I kind of played episodes one through four all together in a big chunk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I was with everybody when we were waiting for five, and then I was on like the four episodes that we ended up doing. About yeah, the, we, the, the Walking Dead season we, one. We did, I mean, we were, it was like a regular part of the show for uh-huh. several months. Uh, and then I think we had at least two episodes purely dedicated to the end of the, the game. And, yes. you know, our issues with the way that it wrapped things up and whatnot. Um, I want to say in the end, we basically had like three episodes back to back. Uh, where by the time we got to Game of the Year, that stuff, everybody was just like, Walking Dead, I have nothing to say, I don't want to talk about it anymore. (laughs) I I remember specifically, I was gonna, if if it came up after that final episode we did about it, I was just gonna say, listen, it was very good. And that was where (laughs) my commentary was gonna stop. And I, I have not broken that until this year. So, with that last episode when we talked about The Walking Dead, that was the actual first time in, since... December of like 2012 when we had that when we had the game of the year talks that I had replied to that with anything but this is good. Yeah. But but um all that said uh Telltale did not just materialize in 2012 and have like a, a smash hit. Um actually earlier that year uh they they put out a game that almost broke me of being able to ever review things. <laughs> And that was Law and Order Legacies. Yeah. Um, which I was I've never been a fan of Law and Order. I'm not like an unfan of it or anything. It's just I've never really watched the show. I'm not I don't care about it. Um and and that game was like it weirdly rode this line of like it, it expected you to be a diehard fan of the show because it was like constantly recalling things that didn't happen in the game, and so I can only assume that they happened, happened in the show. <laughs> um, and it was, it was also just so boring. It was basically, um, you know, like a, a the the thing in highlights the the kids magazine where you're like finding items in an environment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. You you had a you had a scene of that, which was your being a detective. And then you had some conversation stuff, and then you would have a courtroom scene. Um, and I would just, like, I, 
I disliked the game so much. I would I would get to the courtroom scene and I would just play it over and over again, like not really paying attention to stuff, just waiting until I figured out basically the right button prompts oh, like the right to sequence. win the case. Uh, it was. Oh man, Sam Waterston was so disappointed in you. He probably. He, I'm sure he was. Um, but the other weird thing about it is uh, the. The episodes always took place, uh, I want to say, like, during the summer. So, like, when the, the show is not taking place. Yeah. <laughs> and it was over the course of many years. Um, and so, like, new characters from the show would be in, like, episode two or three. That, you know, that episode one was, like, earlier in the show. So that character wasn't there and it was just it was super jarring for somebody that had never watched the show and it also just was not fun and so when the walking dead came out that just blew my mind that the same studio could make those two games um but i mean they, they made a bunch of different stuff so for for anybody that doesn't know uh telltale kind of came out of um, the the remnants of LucasArts, not when it folded, um, you know, when, when Disney bought it, but basically when the the strong arm of LucasArts making adventure games uh, dissipated, uh, we got two big studios out of that. We got Telltale and we got Double Fine. Um, and I've I've always found it kind of interesting that. Uh, both of those studios have kind of taken adventure games in these weirdly different directions. Yep. Uh, and I feel like they carry on the spirit of, uh, you know, the LucasArts adventure game in a lot of ways, uh, but just in, in very different ways. Um, but early Telltale was definitely more in that old older school style of adventure game. Probably the most famous or not famous, one of the most well-received earlier titles would have been Back to the Future. Uh, I feel uh, like a lot Sam of people... Sam and Max. Yeah, Sam and Max. Sam and Max. That's true. Uh, but that was that was also a continuation of a previous uh, series. There was mm. the, the 2D version from LucasArts, and then uh, when uh, when Telltale came about, they, they uh, you know, threw it into 3D, the same thing that they did with uh, the one... Monkey Island game that they did. Um, but it, it's been really interesting, it just kind of all the, I don't know, all these various projects that Telltale has done. And then, like I said, when I think about Telltale, I think about them in a, a post uh, The Walking Dead world, which I feel like that game exploded, and nobody expected it to. Including them. A including them. And for the next seven years, six, seven years, they basically just tried to replicate um, replicate that situation. Uh, they made, you know, Batman games, they made Minecraft games, they made Game of Thrones games, they made everything that would conceivably, like, print money the way that that first Walking Dead game did. Um, but I don't think anything ever, you know, exploded the way that that The Walking Dead did. No, and that's not um, to say that they didn't have good products. Right, no, absolutely not. But yeah, and, and I think that that um, that's proven out in like the various stories that have come out about them that nothing nothing ever did, including the rest of The Walking Dead series. Nothing ever right. did take off like that first season. Um, but there was... I, yeah. 
it was like the the year after The Walking Dead came out and was so big, and that that finished. Everybody was talking about it for months, and then all of a sudden, where you know the previous year they had released, you know the the uh, the like one or two episodes of the Jurassic Park game. I, I feel like that was released over the course of like six months or a year. Um, it uh, was first released in 2011. So yeah, so part of it was in 2011, part of it was in 2012. Um, then you have that Law and Order game, and then you have The Walking Dead. But after that, they were announcing like four and yeah. five games a year, and it, like immediately to me, it was like, oh, oh, hold on, guys, pump the brakes. Like these are all mechanically like the same game. Like I'm, I'm sure you can tell interesting stories, or I'm, I'm hoping you can tell interesting stories, but like you can't just make the same game with different stories five times a year and expect people to spend as much money on those as they did on this one unique thing that you made. Um, and so, like, basically, immediately after The Walking Dead, I became worried about what was going to happen to uh, Telltale. And unfortunately, they that philosophy uh, did not turn out. Over the years, I feel like they, they refined it, and they started kind of culling back on the number of projects that they were doing. Because I think at one point, and I don't know, I'm, I'm not in Telltale, I have not you know, interviewed anybody there, but I, I feel like it was one of those things where the walking dead exploded. So they hired a bunch of new people and, uh, because for a long time, their website had a ton of, um, positions to be filled. So they, they ramped up the number of people that they had so that they could push out more games so that, you know, it, one of them could hopefully catch fire. But then as time went on, because none of them were that successful, uh, you know, they eventually started had it, having to dwindle the number of people that they have, which then they had to dwindle the number of projects that they were doing, and it kind of just kept circling until finally the juice ran out. Yeah. And so uh, I could like like uh, my kind of telltale telltale story begins. Um, I, I from for with the exception of the first Minecraft story mode. Um, from Game of Thrones on, I reviewed every game that came that they put out. Um, which at one point, uh, looking at these, uh, looking at these dates uh, from like the kind of Wikipedia of Telltale Games, um, and kind of remembering back, uh, there was a period uh, between Minecraft, uh, <laughs> between the Guardians of the Galaxy and Batman, the second Batman, um, where I was reviewing three Telltale games at once. <laughs> Um, because Guardians of the Galaxy, Minecraft Story Mode 2, and Batman the Enemy Within all ended up um, kind of overlapping each other. at the So at the beginning of Batman and at the end of Guardians and Minecraft, um, to where I do remember there being at least a, like a, th- a month period where I reviewed at least one episode of each of those games. Wow. And the, their kind of release schedule was generally... Um, Joel would get the code on a Friday, and I would need to have it done uh, by the Monday so it was ready to go uh, Tuesday when it actually released for everybody else. <laughs> yeah, there were uh, there, there was at least God, I want to say there was at least one time. 
where it was two where it was two episodes, one of like Minecraft and one of Batman that came out at the same time. Wow. Yeah, so there were <laughs> yeah, it was it was a pretty uh it, it was pretty hectic. I had a lot of fun um because a lot of those games despite the fact that they were coming out in such high frequency um with with Guardians being the real the only real exception where at the end of that I was like I don't really think this was necessary at all. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't think they knew what they were doing with that one as much as they did with the other ones because uh Game of Thrones was fine. Game of Thrones for some reason took almost a whole year to come out altogether for the six episodes. Mm-hmm. Um but it was so, it was so like the show, it was super depressing. Because you you always expected something bad to happen, and something bad kind of always happened, and it didn't end with a whole lot of hope. And it was just I, I it was so like the show, it so carried on with that show uh, that I was like, wow, this this I don't know if I want to play another one of these. Yeah, and they always they always teased a second season of Game of Thrones that they were going to do, and they that that was one of the ones that ended up canceled uh, when yeah. they closed up. Um, Minecraft was fantastic. My I. There was no reason Minecraft story mode should have been any good at all. And it was absolutely fantastic. It was some of the best um, writing they've ever done. Um, they had uh, Pat Oswald come in as like the main um, character. If you went down, if you ch- kind of chose the uh, kind of the guy route with that one, if you chose a guy instead of a girl, um, you got Pat Oswald. Um, I forget who. Look it up real quick, just because uh, Je- uh, or Catherine Tabor was the um, uh, was the second secondary actress. Um, and, but, but it was great. They had excellent voices throughout the whole thing. The writing was spot on. Uh, the action was it was actually really good, and the stories were cute and funny. And so they were far better than I think they had any right to be. And they were some of the the the, the season two that was some of the most fun I've had. Um, kind of reviewing these and they came out real in real quick succession. They had one out just about every month. Um, it was like a five episode run. There was a little bit of time in between the two of them, but they, they rolled out a big clip. Hmm. And I know, uh, that we have talked before that. I think, uh, I think the Batman series, um, that they did the two seasons of that were phenomenal. Yeah. I, so, um, if you, if you go back to the walking dead, uh, conversation to find out that I have never finished any other, Season except for the first season of The Walking Dead. I got about, I think, two episodes into season two, and I just wasn't feeling it. What didn't like the direction they went with it, and just kind of called it quits uh, from then on. Uh, but Batman, and I, I played uh, Guardians, I played The Wolf Among Us, which I think... Uh, the Wolf Among Us was one of the first things that really started to make me worried about The Walking Dead games, because... or telltale in general because at the end of the day with the first season of the walking dead uh the way that they tie kind of the the season long story arc together doesn't really work um it's not a good twist but it doesn't matter because the plot air quotes is not what's important in the walking dead it's it's the characters it's it's the moments that you're experiencing with these characters and so the fact that this like twist and who this you know bad guy is like it, it just doesn't matter yeah, because what matters fun. is lee and, and clementine 
With The Wolf Among Us, it's a noir story. It's a detective story. It's a mystery. So it does matter. And the twist is still stupid. Um, I don't remember what it is now, however many years later, but I remember getting done with it and just being like, well, that sucked. Um, but so saying all that, uh, the only thing that's gotten remotely close to uh, kind of achieving the highs of the first season of The Walking Dead for me so far are the two seasons of Batman. Um, I think they're both really good. Uh, I don't... I don't know. There, there's. I think there are things that the second one does better than the first, um, but I don't think you can really. I mean, you you can play it without playing the first one, but I feel like you should play both of them. So it's it's not even really like a two separate things. It's like season one and season two are a complete package. Um, it's like buying the complete series of a TV show. You just get both of them together. Uh, what they do with with the Joker in those games is really great. Um, going back to what you said about Guardians, uh, yeah, that was that was a incredibly serviceable game that yeah. was totally fine and completely superfluous. Yep. Um, unlike Batman, where they kind of do like their own take on Batman, uh, which is a really interesting one and one that I I really liked having his parents have like this. Uh, mafia affiliation and um, and I, I just really liked the fact that you could kind of play Batman the way that you think of Batman being in your head and I thought that that was, that was really cool uh, but with Guardians of the Galaxy it just kind of felt like well Guardians are popular uh, here's our kind of version of the Guardians which is Oh, everybody just kind of sounds like an impersonator of the people from the movies. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's it was good. A, it it's was fine, a, but it's. Eh. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it was them trying to. I think we're, we're with Batman. They had a very clear. This is the position we want to take on this. This is going to be our take on the Batman mythos. Um, with Guardians, they tried to straddle the comics and the movies, and they tried to give the best of both worlds with like kind of bringing in kind of the classic rock uh, movie music and the kind of yep. lighter, you know, like the lighter tone, you know, like Dancing Star-Lord and kind of that stuff, while also like having like a comic Gamora and a comic Drax and, and the, a movie Rocket. And like, so they kind of chose different iterations of the characters to kind of do everything with. And the story was really kind of out there and that was the first that was the first one where I started actively questioning um, choices uh, during the episode where it didn't feel natural where I was like no they you know we're the the like the foundation was kind of laid bare hmm. and it stopped being a oh I wonder what's going to happen to no I know exactly what the hell is going to happen and I don't really like the way this is getting put together Mm -hmm. um, because they, they, they really, I think they kind of wrote themselves into a corner a couple of times and didn't leave enough, uh, narrative structure to kind of build their way out of anything. Um, and, and so I don't know what happened with guardians, um, but it was absolutely not their strongest outing and for it to come out, um, when it did with story modes, Minecraft story mode season two, and with Batman, the enemy within, like I could definitely, especially when they were, when all three of those were kind of 
meeting at the end of the run for for Guardians. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the one that I was like, this this is the one that has failed. This is the one that I don't care if I see the end of. I'm going to review it anyway because I mean that's what I'm doing. I'm finishing this up, but I when it came down to me playing like the last episode of Guardians or me playing the first episode of Batman: The Enemy Within, there was I I could without even it being a Batman one, I could tell you straight up which one of those I was more excited for, um, just because by that point Guardians had worn so thin. Yeah. And I want to say like that, I gave like that last episode of Guardians maybe like a 2.5 or a 3, just based on the fact that it was completely serviceable, like it, the rest of it was fine, but man, it really turned into a slog. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Which I, <clears throat> um, I don't know. I, I feel like that was kind of indicative of some of the, the stuff that they were churning out because it felt like it was one of those things where they, they probably got the deal to do it and it made a lot of business sense yeah. to make that game. Uh, but there wasn't anybody, and I'm sure there were plenty of like, you know, individuals that had passion about different parts of the game, but you didn't have somebody like spearheading it that was, that had a super passionate Yeah, that, and that was, that, that that's the real weird because like with, with the rest of the stuff that came out in that like in that run that I did on the games like that was all I I felt I I still feel like all of it was really high quality for what it was and while it all kind of it could be it could be said that it kind of mapped out the same because they were all Telltale games and it was all the same engine and they were all just trying to kind of tell their stories in in similar ways mm-hmm. the writing for those was was excellent. The the three story pardon me, the three story arc they did for Michonne. That was great. Um that was really cool. Um Batman was fantastic. Um mm-hmm. the third season of The Walking Dead turned out really well. Uh Minecraft, as I said, better than it was ever meant to be, better than it ever ever could have conceived of. I had so much fun playing that. Um you know the final the final season of The Walking Dead it was it was great. The only thing that fell apart, especially having uh, you know like done all those all those episodes, was the fact that just that engine just could not hold up to it. But the right. writing was the writing was fantastic. Those stories held up. Guardians was the real and Guardians a kind of Game of Thrones too, just because Game of Thrones had a theme, but it tried to be the show rather than being its own kind of take on what was happening in that univ- in that that world. Right. Um, and it didn't separate itself enough. It just kind of, that's what it was. Um, and I think those two, um, those two kind of lost the path for them. But otherwise, I mean, you're talking about what, like 80% of the rest of their stuff was really, I thought at least was very high quality. All of those were, were four to five star games for sure. Um, if, if you wanted to play a good storied adventure game with those properties, um, but I again, I think it was just it was probably like too much saturation. There was too much of it coming out, and there was not enough change between them for somebody to 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 check back in and go, "Oh, hey, they're doing something new." When instead, it would be like, "Oh, it's the same thing with different characters." Right. And I think anybody who thought that could absolutely have been, um, they I would not have said they were wrong. I would have told them straight out, like, hey, these are still games you should play, 
But yeah, no, if you're like, I can't deal with that engine anymore, I can't argue with that. Because at the end of it, honestly, I couldn't either. Yeah, no, I, um, that was something, I tried to play the, uh, the first season of Batman on PC yeah. many, many times I before that. I was finally able to, uh, which it, it was actually uh, when they were gearing up to do um, episode or episode season two uh, that I finally went back and played through the whole thing because um, I don't know. My computer is, is weird. Sometimes I can get like 60 frames per second on the division two on like highest settings for whatever reason. And you know, I can get, but when I throw in Batman, it's like 60 frames for a few seconds. And then like 10 frames for a few seconds. And it's just like all over and nothing's happening. Like it's just the camera panning over Gotham city. Nobody's fighting. No one's on screen. It's just like, having a seizure and it's like what is happening with this game why is this happening and i i wanted to play it and enjoy it so much but at that point when the game first came out uh it only had a performance and a quality setting that was all you could do to the graphics um and neither one of them made any difference whatsoever um but uh but yeah no that that engine uh definitely had issues but I was really excited when season 2 came out with Enemy Within because I didn't have any of those problems from like the get go of that season uh it ran pretty smoothly and you know it's, it's not an action game but the actiony bits the that it bits did were were okay like they're they're not going to test your metal or anything but that's not what they're there for they're just making it there to you know kind of make you feel cool and have something to do rather than just watch a cutscene. Yep. Um and I think for that purpose they they worked fine. Um so I I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I feel like they were they were getting to the point of being able to to make a I don't know like the ultimate telltale game. Uh but I feel like the the engine and just various parts just always kind of held them up. And then I feel like they always went through these these seasons of like, okay, they made one kind of big improvement to how they do these games. And they're, you know, less not fun to play. But then you would have a year of those games. And then everybody would get t- tired of like the status quo of Telltale. Yep. And they would change something up a little bit later on. But then, you know, it, it wasn't evolving fast enough yeah. for the number of games that they were pushing out. Um, and just what they were trying to do with some of the games. Um, you know, having story-driven stuff with some action moments is is definitely a genre that I would like to see more of. I mean, we've got, we've got Life is Strange. Uh, that's definitely been, you know, uh, you know, impacted by telltale and probably the walking dead specifically and just being uh incredibly depressing and <laughs> uh but you know that style of game um uh dreamfall and uh, that actually came out in 2004 but dreamfall chapters uh was definitely influenced by telltale games we've had you know a couple of other kind of episodic um games the uh king's quest which i highly recommend uh that is one of the best telltale like games out there um just beautiful beautiful game um 
but you know they, they've definitely had this impact and I think their impact on the industry probably hasn't helped their own standing because when you have other people making similar games to what you're making and you're already like saturating the market with what you're making yeah. then uh, people can only take so much of it yep and especially when when that stuff looks you know uh, King's Quest was absolutely beautiful Life is Strange looked great yeah um, you know all that stuff had a different look and it was doing kind of the same thing and Telltale was still being Telltale. Yes. And at that point, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't fault anybody for, for saying, nah, I'll just, I'll wait and see what happens. And then what eventually happened was they're just, it, they're just not there anymore. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I haven't, um, except for Batman Enemy Within, that is the only thing since the first season of The Walking Dead that I picked up when it came out uh, and played as it came out. Everything else, I have waited until the entire season finished uh, to get it. Usually waited for it to go on a, a deep sale. Yep. Um, and and played it then uh, because it was just, it wasn't a sure enough bet. Yeah, and I mean, like, had I not um, reviewed all the ones that I did, I, that I probably would have been the same way, and honestly, I probably would have picked up even less of them. There would have been no way I would have played Minecraft. Um, the Batman ones I absolutely would have given a chance to just because they were Batman. Sure. Um, but the rest of them, like, you know, I I wasn't... I didn't play Walking Dead Season 2 until just about the time Walking Dead Season 3 was coming out, and I played that because it was free on PlayStation. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, that, that you know, I, had I not... Had I not been in the position I was in to get review copies and to write those things up... I would not have played a lot of those games, and I feel like, um, like my gaming experiences have been better because I have played those, and and I feel like I've gotten a wider range of stories. But at the same time, I cannot fault anybody in good conscience for wanting to skip any of those, right. or for not having for not having the faith because they they do all kind of look the same. And you once you have that telltale experience of you know so and so will remember this. It's not you know. <laughs> It doesn't. It doesn't grab you like that first time you stab somebody with a pitchfork, right? Um, and it's one of those things that it, it's. It really sucks because there were a lot of really talented people on those uh, on on that in that studio to to make those games, uh, and I, I feel like there were some very unfortunate business decisions that were made. Uh, recent yep. articles have talked about how you know the owner said that. Crunch is an important thing to keep companies uh, like afloat. Well, obviously not, because um, they're not afloat yeah. anymore. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it it really sucks because for the most part, maybe like Guardians of the Galaxy, notwithstanding, um, and and probably a few other things. But uh, for the most part, any Telltale game, you could see the passion behind it, yes. and there was always a lot of heart to the game, uh, but there were just things about it that weren't made well, uh, you know, usually because of the way that the game was made in the, the engine that it was made for and what that was kind of originally meant uh, to do. And that's really special when you can see the passion and the quality of work through the crappiness of a game. Yes. Uh, but that, that doesn't help sell a game, um, obviously. 
and it didn't. So, you know, that's eventually that was the end of that. So hopefully, hopefully from this, uh, you know, when LucasArts closed, we got two kind of very influential studios. Uh, I think, I think Double Fine has been a great example for kind of a different way to to be a a larger indie developer. Um, you know, they they don't just do a bunch of side projects. Uh, you know, for other big uh, companies, they make smaller side projects for themselves that eventually, you know, they get to then publish kind of bigger things like Psychonauts 2, which is, is coming out. But so, so we got, we got Double Fine, uh, important company. They've made a lot of really cool things. We got, uh, Telltale, which kind of revolutionized the adventure game, uh, genre for the, the, the modern age in a lot of ways. Uh, there's still definitely a lot of people making classic adventure games, so not trying to, you know, take away from that. Yep. Uh, but they, they just brought them into a, a new light uh, for a lot of other people that wouldn't normally play regular adventure games. Uh, and both of those studios came out of LucasArts. And so what I would really like to see, and hopefully uh, the 200-some-odd people that, that lost their job from that uh, from you know Telltale closing, that we can get, you know, several more studios of people that are super passionate about games, and we can kind of get that next. I don't want to say evolution in storytelling because I don't think they're that important that they evolved storytelling in video games, but the the next evolution of LucasArts games, if you will, um, the uh, the post Telltale uh, version of of LucasArts. Uh, hopefully all of the people, I mean, it, it's uh, it's been several months, obviously, since the studio closed. Uh, a lot of people were able to have a job for at least a little while in making the last two episodes of the final season of The Walking Dead. Uh, but hopefully those people have, have landed on their feet in some form or another and can continue doing the good work of making stories that we will remember. Here's hoping open they did a great job and i will be uh forever thankful that i was able to kind of have that run of of eight telltale games that i reviewed uh some uh all at the same time uh but it is not is absolutely not something i regret and uh i'm kind of sad that they're not going to be there in the future yeah i will have to have find myself some other niche uh to crawl into um, it'll probably be Total War Warhammer games because I really enjoy those, <laughs> and there's a DLC coming out soon for that. But we'll see what happens. Nice. <laughs> well, as a uh, a famous gentleman once said, "No one's ever really gone." <laughs> <laughs> Best I could do on short notice. That's okay. Well, uh, I think that does it for our uh, retrospective on. Telltale is obviously not a fully exhaustive one, but it is, it is our retrospective yep. on, on Telltale. Um, if you want to hear more about uh, The Walking Dead, then you should check out uh, last episode where we talk at length, um, plus a lot of spoilers about Season 4. Um, and if nothing else, you should absolutely check out the original season of The Walking Dead yep. and both seasons of Batman. Yes. Um, Bar none. If you don't play any other Telltale games, you should those check the out ones. those. That's it. 
Uh, if you're really into then, Minecraft, Minecraft story mode is really good. So I'll yeah. throw that out there too. Yeah, actually, I picked that up for my, my niece and nephew because I, I get video games for them for Christmas and birthdays and stuff. Uh, and I got that solely based on, on your review because it was never something that was ever, like, remotely on my yep. radar. Uh, but they at least – you got them one sale, Brian, at least, you know, if nothing else. Uh, but I couldn't save them. I, I saved THQ, sort of, um, and then they, <laughs> then they went and betrayed me. Um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, we're, I'm just going to keep rambling if this keeps going because it is late at night as we're doing this. Uh, thank you all. We're, we're, we'll be back in just a moment to, uh, to talk about more video game stuff. Talk about something else. Goodbye, Telltale. Welcome back to the Darkcast, everybody. I'm Jonathan Miley. Joining me is Mr. Alan Kessinger. Hello, good to be here. It is good to be here, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I'm trying to I'm trying to come up with something like really punny to bring us into this. Be like, you know what's not here anymore? Movie tie-in games. Somebody that's, so, so, who, uh, who yeah. who's who's mm. who snapped the movie video games away. Because <laughs> it's it's a joke. It's related it's to a, a movie a, that it, came out. It what? ties in to a recent movie. <laughs> you can't see it, but my hands are moving away from my head in an explosion motion, and there's brain matter all over my walls now. Just go watch Scanners, um, and, and you'll see exactly <laughs> what he's talking about. Um. So so yeah, uh, actually the the first section. Of this episode, which I don't usually know the order of things, uh, but I just <laughs> <laughs> just recorded the other section a few days ago, so I know what's going before this. Uh, Brian and I talk about uh, Telltale games, and Telltale actually did a number of tie-in games. Um, some of them wouldn't be what we kind of traditionally think of as tie-in games, like their Guardians of the Galaxy game is not set in the same Guardians-verse Mm-hmm. As the movies, uh, or their like, Batman uh, games aren't part of any ongoing yeah. universe. Yeah. But like Jurassic Park, uh, you know that everybody obviously remembers. If you know they listened to the previous uh, part of this episode, <laughs> they'll remember it. Um, but those uh, who the, do remember it, I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Back to the Future is absolutely a uh, a tie-in. Um, they they've done a number of other things. Obviously, The Walking Dead. Now, yep. again, not a tie-in the way that we think of it because it's not actually related to the TV show, but kind of in um, that same general world. Yeah, you know, that franchise. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but you you brought up this topic of kind of like where have all the movie tie-ins gone? And before we start talking about that, I want to just kind of go down memory lane a little bit mm-hmm. and talk about maybe some of our. Favorite movie tie-ins. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and say Spider-Man 2 and beat you to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Not really. That's not – it's a good game first time. I just just wanted to, like, say it before you could, honestly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spider-Man PS4 uh, kicks Spider-Man 2's butt in terms of web-slinging. Sorry, Spider-Man 2. It only took, like, 15 years for you to be dethroned. But, But, you know, know, Spider-Man 2 was the first time that we got such wonderful web-slinging, so it's certainly still 
uh, it, it still earns... goes down in the annals of history. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Um, no, I'm actually going to go against um, expectations here, Ooh, and I'm we're going to take you to a journey far, far back in time. Uh, to the 1990s where a young Alan was sitting in front of his Sega CD and popped mm-hmm. in a Sega CD version of Hook, uh, ah. which originally came out for Super Nintendo. And a uh, side-scroller game took place in all of the locations of the film. But what made the Sega CD version of that game so particularly memorable for me was... Um, it was a CD-ROM game, and so they actually had the John Williams soundtrack as the level Ooh. music. And I'm like, that was between That's that and, and getting on Encarta for the first time was like, <laughs> holy crap, you can do this? And granted, you know, th- this, this, this also had, which was a feature back in the day, um, had scenes from the movie, but of course the resolution was as such that it's like takes up less than a third of the screen <laughs> and it's still like really poorly sampled and the resolution is terrible, but it's like, my God, this is the future. Yeah. This is absolutely the future. And, uh, and, and on a similar note, um, they, uh, they being, uh, Virgin Inter- Virgin Interactive, I think they were back then. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a Dune video game, which was a little bit different from the ones that Westwood Studios had done. So, like Dune: Battle of Arrakis and and such, some such. Uh, this was more uh, built on the foundations of the David Lynch movie. So most um, of the character profiles were kind of stylized versions of the of the actors from the film, but that had a Dune encyclopedia in it where some of the entries like sandworms or spice mining or whatever would be accompanied by a clip from the movie. Um, Mm. And, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, there were, there were a lot of movie based games uh, in my life and, and I to kind of refresh my memory a little bit. I found this Wikipedia list of games and I get down to the very bottom and I am immediately filled with outrage that America lost its chance to get a video game based on the amazing 1986 sci-fi comedy short circuit. What? Yep. Uh, according to this article here, a game was, uh, developed. Oh no, it was developed. I just, I don't remember it ever coming out. But it was by Ocean Software, and it was for the ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64, and Amstrad CPC. Um, It featured two parts. One arcade adventure where Johnny Five had to escape from the lab, and one action part where Johnny Five escapes uh, escapes across the countryside, avoiding soldiers, other robots, and animals. So that kind of sounds like Frogger. But I think America (laughs) is ready for a high-res... Um, fully licensed, fully voiced. Um, get Nolan North. Get get everybody. Get Michael McKeon. Get get as many people as you can, and let's make Short Circuit happen. Uh, I, you know, I'm honestly a little surprised there hasn't been a Short Circuit reboot. Um, now that you bring it up, right? Yeah. So that's that's kind of surprising. <laughs> um, so 
uh, I, I joked and said Spider-Man 2. Uh, that, that is a good game, and mm-hmm. it, it definitely deserves to be remembered. Mm-hmm. But other Spider-Man games have kind of been hallmarks of, of my childhood growing mm-hmm. up. I remember when I got my original Xbox, um, the first Spider-Man, the movie game, was one of the first ones that I picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one that I often think about when I think of like the issues of trying to adapt a movie to yes. a video game. yes. Because in that one, you know, you can't just, like, lose a wrestling match and then, like, you know, swing across the city for two minutes mm-hmm. and get to the guy that killed Uncle Ben. Spoiler! Right. Oh, uh, Uncle Ben dies, if anybody <laughs> didn't know. Um, but, uh, and then, like, fight him, which is, you know, like, 15 minutes of the movie or whatever. Uh-huh. No, you need to, like, swing across multiple levels of like beating up gangs on rooftops yep. uh, who have information on where the guy that killed Uncle Ben is. And then you go to a warehouse and then you have like multiple levels of like going through this warehouse until you yep. finally beat the guy. And then, that, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. Because at that point, because you've been told that possibly the guy who ran away is in a car, but you don't know which one. And, and the gang members can tell you, well, it was either this car or it was this car. And so you go following that car. And just when you stop it, you realize oh, it was the wrong car. And then just as you go find the other one, you see that Uncle Ben is lying dead on the ground and being like, Peter, <laughs> why? Uh. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, in that movie, it was all about the Green Goblin, but of course, mm-hmm. like, Shocker shows up, mm-hmm. and then, um, Norman Osborn hires, like, Craven the Hunter to, yep. to fight you, yep. and then, uh, at one point, you'd fight Mysterio in that one? I remember that. In Spider-Man um, 2, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, in Spider-Man 2, okay, I was thinking Spider-Man 1. Oh, uh, oh but, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't you, but, uh, don't you fight Vulture? Maybe? In Spider-Man 1? Maybe, uh, but I know that at some point you like break into Oscorp and they have these like super futuristic, deadly yes. uh, robot things. Yes, and it's like <laughs> so. I mean, you know, you've got a two-hour-long movie that you have to stretch into like a ten-hour-long game, mm-hmm. and it's. I feel like it's really obvious why like there are issues with those, but other notable movie tie-ins, uh, the thing. Um, Oh. Based on John Carpenter's The Thing, mm-hmm. uh, is actually like a sequel to The Thing, and you show up after all the craziness has gone down, mm-hmm. and there's like this fear mechanic where it's kind of broken because basically the more afraid somebody is, the more likely they are to turn into a The Thing, and you can do tests on people like with mm-hmm. blood and uh, and fire and basically prove that somebody's not wow. the thing. Or you can just point your gun at somebody <laughs> and give them an order and they'll do it. Their fear level will go up and their trust level of you will go down. Mm-hmm. But, like, there were all these systems, like, and it was, it was super interesting. Um, again, like, something that goes down in the annals of history is uh, GoldenEye. Mm-hmm. Uh, personally, mm-hmm. I think the best James Bond game is Everything or Nothing. That's pretty um, good, yeah. Because that honestly, that is the best Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie. Yes, and it was a game. Yes, uh, Willem Dafoe was a great villain. Mm-hmm. Heidi Klum and mm-hmm. Shannon Elizabeth were the Bond girls, and they are some of the most Bondy Bond girls like yep. that you could imagine, yep. especially for like mid two thousands. Um. And it was really great. It was all about your gadgets and less about just like shooting nine hundred people in the face. Uh, <laughs> it was man, that that game was was really good. 
Uh, Obviously, the Lego games, um, Mm -hmm. those have been less traditional because a lot of them have come out years after their movie counterpart has has come out. And usually for the most part, too, I mean, I remember when they made the big deal that they were going to be fully voiced, and Mm -hmm. and, and, and that, of course, meant they just lifted audio from the films and just animated their mouths. Lord of the Rings was the first one that they did that with, Mm -hmm. wasn't it? Yes, it was. And then the first, first, like, like... Newly voiced thing, not just something mm-hmm. that they lifted, but like something that they recorded voice for the game was uh, Batman Two, I believe. Right, uh, hero DC Sounds heroes right. or Heroes of Gotham mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Um, one one game that is actually way better than its movie is the X Men Origins Wolverine oh, game. Yeah, that game was so uh, good. That uh, that that's surprisingly. Surprisingly what, good. What other Wolverine game before that one would let you pull a guy out of the helicopter and then lift him like right up into the helicopter blades? Alan, and, I got a better question for you. And then he would like kind of jump off and God, that game was so good. It was it was good, but you you ready for my question? Yes. What Wolverine game since then has let you do that? Whoa. Right? Like, so, wow. um, so probably my favorite <laughs> uh, movie tie-in game though is going to be the Disney Infinity games. Um, oh, which yeah. those are really IP yeah. property tie-in. They're not, uh, I guess, like the the Star Wars ones mm-hmm. are proper tie-ins to their their movies. Yeah, but those are games like I have a whole shelf of all of the Star Wars and Marvel figures because they're just they're, designed so awesomely. They are. They're so and, good. Like at. I know I've talked about this before, and if anybody's heard it and is tired of it, I'm sorry. But I just cannot have, like, enough praise for Mm -hmm. whatever person or group of people were in charge of designing all of those characters so that they still were, like, totally reminiscent of their original counterparts. they're so good. But also all fit together and felt like they fit in the same universe. Like, it's... It is that was that amazing. was yeah. That was that the word main is reason. used too much, yeah. but that <laughs> is legitimately amazing. That was the main reason I was so sad when Disney Infinity uh, shut down because that meant like, and then you were seeing posts of like, oh hey, we designed these characters that hadn't come out yet, and yeah. they just looked so fantastic. Ugh, it'd be so good, so good. Yep, yep, yep. But they're they're gone. They're not here. No, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, just like all other movie tie-in games, except not really. Right. So the weird thing we, we've been having this whole conversation saying that movie tie-in games are gone, mm-hmm. but they're not actually. They just moved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so whereas movie tie-in games, you know, they they used to be like synonymous with video games. Like they mm-hmm. were everywhere. I think evocative of this whole idea was when the second matrix movie came out right um and on the same day that the matrix movie was coming out they had enter the matrix Mm -hmm. um a game that if you haven't played it don't like whatever you do don't pursue this game um or you're gonna be like me who skipped a day of school 
to play it because they were so hyped up about, oh my god, this is the second Matrix movie. Do you remember how awesome that first Matrix movie? Dude, they're making two more. And look, there's this video game. You have to play it because it's going to tell you all the stuff that's not in the movie and it's not going to make sense unless you play the game. Yeah, I fell for that hook, line, and sinker <laughs> and it stands today, to this day, as probably one of my biggest video game regrets. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but so I mean, so uh, movie tie-in games were definitely a mm-hmm. a cash grab. Whether or not mm-hmm. it was always a malicious thing uh, is probably up to the company and whoever whoever was making the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the case of like Enter the Matrix, uh, there's plenty of stories about it. That essentially what happened is uh, when a game went to beta, uh, everything was there. Uh, you just had to squash all the bugs, essentially. Right. Uh, you need to do finishing touches for lighting and you know physics and your your menus and your UI. You kind of it was just doing the thing that makes the game look like the final product. Right. Well, they did beta in like twenty four hours for that <laughs> game because they were like, okay, this is coming out now, um, which didn't stop the game from selling like 4 million copies. Right. Uh which is, you know, huge even today. Um but uh but yeah, no, I think that game is it, while while Spider-Man I feel like is a great example of why it is difficult uh conceptually to make mm-hmm. a video game based on a movie, mm-hmm. Enter the Matrix is absolutely like a good reason for why it's difficult to actually like in practice make a game based yeah. on a movie and yeah. why there are issues with it. <laughs> but that being said, um the console market, the you know, PC market is mm-hmm. a very vocal community and mm-hmm. if something is not okay then people like to complain about it. They certainly uh, do. But but there's this weird other I don't really want to call it the Wild West, because um, more like a trash fire or <laughs> a dumpster heap might be a better uh word for it. And that's uh, that's the mobile market. Yeah. Like I'm not saying mobile games are bad. That's that's not what I'm saying. There are plenty that are good. I have like two pages on my phone dedicated to some mobile mm-hmm. games because I'm not a crazy person. I don't put everything in folders. I have pages and I like to swipe, get over the, it. Anyway, <laughs> um, so they're good mobile games, but right. if you go to the, the Apple store and the, the Google play store and I guess wherever else you can find games for a mobile de- device, mm-hmm. um, the curation of it, the amount of just like disgusting, money hungry, like we, like we literally want to in- extract uh, money out of your veins, kind of games are just yep. everywhere. Yep. And so many of them are based on movies and popular TV shows. Yep. Like they have all uh... gone there. Yeah, because I mean that's what uh, that's what gets eyes on it, you know. Oh yeah, um, I can't attest to the to the quality, but I'm just going to use it as an example. You know, I open up the the games app here on uh, the App Store, and it's just Marvel stuff, you know. And again, not saying anything about the quality because I don't know, but you know, it's got that. Hey, Avengers! I just saw a movie with that. I'll get that, and right. You know, Oh. And so, like the the barrier of entry is so much lower there too, because it's right. a you know 
at most a few hundred megabyte download. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got 4G or decent internet connection, you can download that super quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be playing it. Most games don't have any sort of upfront purchase price because you know they want you to download their thing and people that's one of the weird things people get mad about in that space is oh this game's four dollars like you spent sixty (laughs) dollars on a disc at best buy but but that's but that's different right and and it is different like conceptually it is different um and i think because it is different conceptually is why so many games have gone to that space mm-hmm. and why they've been able to just kind of be uh, awful, especially in terms of practice. But so, you know, right. you, you watch that latest episode of Game of Thrones, you're you're into all the Avengers stuff, mm-hmm. whatever the case may be, you see the new game that is sporting some sort of crossover or is, you know, directly based on that property and you can download it. And then the game is like, is made for things to take longer then they feel like they should. So then you buy whatever their currency right. is, and then you I, spend, you know, all this money to just make the game behave kind of the way it it should to begin I with. I think one of the more recent egregious examples, recent I think being more like last year, um, was the Harry Potter uh, mm. mobile game that they yeah. came out, and it it made a it made a bit of a a splash because it was um, one of those games where you need to do certain tasks and you know they front load it with uh with enough to get you through the tutorials but there was one point early on in this game maybe like an hour in um i found my character was uh entangled and attacked by the devil snare and it's like oh you need to cast these spells in order to do it and it was like well i only have enough things for like one of those spells. And so now I have to wait eight hours as I see this kid being assaulted and attacked and like put in this life threatening situation. But it's like, sorry, I can't save you. I got to get more gems. And it's like, (laughs) I, I could just wait the eight hours or, you know, you pay the five bucks or whatever, but it's just, you know, I know a lot of people who are like, oh, heck yeah, you know, Harry Potter, uh, you could choose your own house and all that stuff. And like, you know, they they hit those marks that people are really into. And then it's like, oh, by the way, your potions class, you need 15 crystals in, in order to do it. And you'll have to wait three days for those crystals to mm. refresh. See, or I, I feel like pay money. I feel like all of that started with like Facebook games. Oh sure. Um and yeah. not necessarily as a malicious practice. Mm-hmm. It, I feel like if you go back to the the earliest points of it, it was more designed as a way to hey, this is a thing for you to do for a few minutes right. while you're waiting on something else or right. whatever and then you go back, yeah, you, know, you do it and then you come back tomorrow because now all your things have refilled mm-hmm. and and you can you know play it for 5 minutes at mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. and then you move on. But then they somebody realized that you know there was a way to make gobs and gobs of money with that, uh, and so it's just been exploited to the point where the game is waiting, yeah, um, not an actual game. The the thing that I think of there was a, a uh, Assassin's Creed tie-in for I think it was Assassin's Creed Two, maybe no, it was Brotherhood, uh, mm-hmm. because it had to do with like sending. 
uh, your people out. And I think you could actually like tie the two games together. Yes. And so you could actually send your assassins out and get resources for the game. And it was something you could literally spend like two minutes doing. And then when you got back to Brotherhood, like you had new stuff. And so it was, it was actually like really engaging and really mm-hmm. neat. Um, but yeah, no, it's just gotten completely out of hand. And I feel like a lot of it is one, you know, uh, you can get it in front of a lot more people because more people have phones than have, sure. you know, Xboxes yeah. or Playstations. Don't you guys have um, phones? I, I assume people are listening to this on their phone, so I'm going to go ahead and answer that for you, Alan, and say yes. Um, but uh, but so one, your audience is bigger. Uh, two, your audience is bigger because your barrier of entry is lower. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, three, your potential to make money compared to what you spent is greater. Yep. Because a lot of these games are, you know, more 2D. A lot of them will be like just straight up like bejeweled clones that just has mm-hmm. like frozen stamped on it or yeah. whatever. Yep. Um <laughs> and and so you can have a smaller team spend less time and money to get a thing out in front of more people so that while it, it may not make as much money as, you know, Enter the Matrix did or yeah. whatever, yeah. Uh, but the the ratio of money spent to money earned uh, is going to be much much mm-hmm. greater. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really unfortunate because I mean, like you said, with with Dune and other things, like I've got a lot of really fond memories of yeah. playing movie tie-ins as a kid, and you and, know, and as of right now, we've got. We've got outright games, right. studio that's been making um, uh, How to Train Your Dragon uh, mm-hmm. tie-ins, mm-hmm. Uh, Hotel Transylvania Three, mm-hmm. uh, and the the latest obvious mega hit, uh, Ugly Dolls: An Imperfect <laughs> uh, Adventure, which I think is out this week as of this recording. It's the end of of April, uh-huh. um, and like that's that sucks. You know. <laughs> Movie tying games used to mean something. Granted, maybe they weren't always very good, but I mean, it was always like, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I've got, I've got a list here. Like, I remember when the Batman Begins game came out, it was okay, but I mean, it looked for the PlayStation too. It looked fantastic, and it, it had, it had Christian Bale, it had Michael Caine, it had Katie Holmes, it had like they brought the actors in to do them and. And, you know, they, they put work in it. Again, probably not the world's greatest game. I don't remember it being. But, I mean, the fact that they... It was the same thing with the um, King Kong video game. You had yeah, Peter Jackson that, coming I, out and I saying, like hey, yeah, we... Very, uh, um, a lot of people are very appreciative or up on, on the King Kong game. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, there was Tron Evolution where it was like, oh, hey, we're also debuting some stuff from the soundtrack, which everybody was like, oh, hey... You know, it's Daft Punk's doing the album, doing the soundtrack. You know, there was it had that going for it. Um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World is probably a great example of an mm. incredible um, movie tie game because it had the elements of the film, but it turned it into a side-scrolling beat 'em up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you had um, 
you had one of my favorites was the Punisher. It wasn't directly a you know a, a direct um, video game of the movie, but it right, contained but it did elements have of it. Jane. Tom Jane was in yep. it, which was fantastic. It had the whole fight with the Russian and everything. So I mean, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these movie games, like they they did all right, and like there there was an earnestness to them that you know, yeah, we've got to make we've got to make a game that that's like the film, and some do good, some do kind of okay and some are terrible and i'm looking i'm just scrolling down this list here and like tons of stuff coming out between um like you know up until like 2014 like it's almost like it almost looks like it's a game a a tie-in game released like once a month and then it just like completely dries up by the time you get to 2017 and it's just it's just wild to think that with avengers and even game of thrones um, there aren't any like of these, there's, there's no push for a console game based on any of this stuff, because like you say, it's, it's faster and cheaper to do it as a mobile game. And, right. you know, you can suck people in with all those microtransactions and whatnot, but right. and it's, it's also crazy to think, I mean, we're, we're recording this. It is the, the weekend after the Avengers has come mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. And there is there's no console PC release game at all related to any of this. Yeah. But but when the Avengers started, we had uh, Captain America tie-in mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. We had there was an Iron Man uh, game. There was an Iron Man game. There were two two Iron Man games. There was mm-hmm. a Thor game. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was there was a whole bunch of stuff kind of you know surrounding all of that, and it's all just yes. dwindled away. I mean. We live in a we live in a universe where they made Street Fighter the movie the game, and it's like you know nobody gets that weird anymore. I mean, I think the the probably closest, most honest to God adaptation would probably be Mad Max. Mm. I mean, it wasn't it it wasn't again it it wasn't a one to one. Right. But it was an open world that just happened to have the War Boys and right. a lot of imagery. It definitely, it definitely and... had some elements to Fury Road. Yeah, in it. they had. Um, uh, oh, what's his? It, it, one of the sons of. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God, I can't remember by his name from that movie. In <laughs> uh, Morton Joe, yeah, uh, one of his sons was the the main antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, Mad, Mad Max was uh, definitely kind of a, a tie-in, and then probably one of the the best, a one of the best examples of how a tie-in should be done mm-hmm. is going to be the Chronicles of Riddick. Oh uh, yeah, which that that is a game oh, that is man. not you know it is based in the same universe. It's kind of the way you know most Star Wars games that mm-hmm. we think of today. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like people still don't think of tie-in games this way. Uh, but when you think of the really good Star Wars games, you've got your Knights of the Old Republic, and you've got your yep. uh, Republic Commandos, yep. and your Jedi Knights and Jedi Outcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, those are great because they understand the rules of the universe, and then they make a unique story that neither requires you right. to see the movies to understand the game, nor mm-hmm. 
play the game to understand the movie, like in any regard. It's right. its, its own thing that, you know, if you like the movie, then you will find things that you like in this, but then mm-hmm. there are also, you know, things of, of its own. So, you know, Cl- Chronicles of Riddick is a prequel to all of the other uh, Riddick movies. Mm-hmm. And... Yo, it it did a really good job. That was yeah. that was a really good game. Um, and you know, there were the instances where the games were better than the films, like the um the Transformer Cybertron games. Like way well, the, better than the Microsoft. Right, Bay but those there crap. were there were two that were like based on the like the comics and then there mm-hmm. were the ones that were actual tie in movies mm-hmm. or tie ins to the movies and those mm-hmm. were not good. But that I feel like a lot of that has to do with again your kind of restrictions of trying to make a game based on a movie, mm-hmm. uh, both in terms of what you can do conceptually and what you can do with time. Like your game has to come out around the time of the movie. Yep. Um did you did you know that my um uh, I gonna say his name right uh Michel Ansel um worked on King Kong and he did Beyond Good and Evil. Uh I probably uh, knew that somewhere in my mind because I've fun. read a lot about him. Uh he's also the benefactor that gave us Rayman. Yes. Uh, so Yep. How cool is that? Uh, that is it is very cool. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's like I don't know. It's like there's we can't solve any problems with this right. discussion. And, yeah, like, and we I mean, can't... yeah. It's it, again, it's more of just kind of like an, an opportunity to talk about something that was used to be so pervasive yeah. um, uh, for this hobby, um, and you know, a lot of ways it, it still kind of is. But I mean, it's either ancillary stuff or mobile content. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're just you, you know you're, you're not gonna. As terrible as it was, you know, you're not going to get a Enter the Matrix. You're not going to get, um, you know, you're, you're not going to get Chronicles of Riddick. Um, right. and, and, and I feel like we, I feel like we've gotten to the point where most of the mobile games aren't really even tie-ins the way that we think of them mm-hmm, as being, mm-hmm. you know, kind of centered around a movie. They're like a lot of defense games that just so happen to have Jon Snow on the cover. <laughs> Yeah. Or or um like your your card battle games that mm-hmm. have the Avengers as your characters. Right. But the thing is, is the way that they make those games, they just it's just an Avengers game that mm-hmm. you know people battle in. And then when a new Avengers movie comes out, they can release all new skins that are right. related yep. to, you know, or, the new movie. Uh Star Wars galaxy at war or something is like that where it's like oh hey you know uh for a limited time spend five dollars and you can unlock this ray skin and or you can get kylo ren and yeah or it's just yeah you you know the closest thing to a tie-in is is they just throw in a character you know some sort of like texture swap um on something but yeah it's a it's a Bummer. I mean, for for as I mean, that was always the butt of the joke, uh, or the that was always the butt of the joke when it came to 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 games. But again, looking at this list, there was some stuff that was pretty okay. You know, it wasn't all bad. You know, they they um, you know did what they could 
and some of them are quite memorable like the ones i mentioned uh, at the start and mm-hmm. you know going through this list i could say i could spend a whole hour saying oh yeah this game was cool remember this and jesus christ there was a little nicky video game <laughs> the adam sandler movie where he yeah. was the son of the devil oh my god <laughs> digitally clips developed it and ubisoft <laughs> published it um, what what the hell um IGN gave it an 8 out of 10. <laughs> the game, quote, the game adds a few cool elements to a very traditional genre. <laughs> GameSpot gave it a 4 out of 10 with reviewer Frank Provo calling the game, quote, unpleasant. Yeah. Oh so, my god. So for so, every one Chronicle of Riddick and uh, Republic Commando, you get five little Nickies. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so I mean, sure, the the practices of how they made these games are, are not good. And I mean that's a thing mm. with games in general. I mean the stuff that we're hearing about like Mortal Kombat, um, you know, Nether Realms Crunch Time and mm. Uh, you know, ultimately what led to Telltale's downfall. Um, Like, there there are a lot of practices and video games that are not good, and I feel like making a movie tie-in game will most likely only exacerbate that. Yeah. Uh, So, like, I I don't necessarily wish for them back on that stance. Sure. But at the same time, you know, if we could fix the practices, you know, and have... Um, you know, unions everywhere mm-hmm. for, for people that make mm-hmm. video games. That would be Absolutely. fantastic. And, you know, if we could kind of fix that overall structure, then there's no reason that we couldn't have good sure uh, video game tie-in movies because video games are made, you know, or video games, movies are made over the course of several years, especially mm-hmm. the large blockbusters that games have tie-ins for. And so it's it's not insane to think that that would be doable especially if you maybe geared it towards like the dvd release instead of the release in theaters um or even just you know with with things like with things like the avengers and the marvel universe we get multiple movies a year based Mm -hmm. on this property Mm -hmm. so while it wouldn't work for everything something like the marvel universe you could do games throughout the year mm-hmm. not at the time of the movie absolutely because there are enough movies coming out that people are kind of always thinking about the marvel movies yeah um and i, I, mean, I don't think it would yeah. be crazy to you know have those those games kind of spread out and do yeah. um kind of it sounds like you know what they're going to be doing with some tv shows with the whole uh disney plus mm-hmm. thing uh, have you know your more like side story oriented stuff where yeah. again it's it's like your Re- Republic Commandos it's a thing that you can go play and enjoy uh, because you enjoy the other thing but you don't need to have seen the latest Avengers movie to right. play Republic right. Commando because that would be really weird mm-hmm. uh, and my analogy is mm-hmm. breaking down on me but I think I made a point and I'm I'm gonna shut up now yeah no, I, I just I just think like of the potential I mean quality of their films aside. Just the mechanics of of what their characters are capable of. Like, a Doctor Strange video game would be fucking awesome. An Ant-Man game would be amazing. In fact, sure. if we could use Ant-Man to 
more or less bring back my favorite Wii game, Dangerous Creatures. I would or Deadly Deadly Creatures, I think it was called. Deadly um, Creatures, I believe. Deadly, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be immensely happy. I would be immensely sure. happy. Well, and um, there's so many characters that have such a similar skill set. Like ever since the Batman Arkham games have been a thing, I've been like, mm-hmm. okay, at some point we're gonna get a Daredevil game, and mm-hmm. we're gonna get a Black Panther game, and we're gonna get an Arrow game. Um, and all we've gotten is a, a Captain America game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you can, you can literally make like the same game with these different characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, just rename the superpowers and have the function be the exact same and just change the graphic that is, you know, instead of throwing a battering, you've got an arrow or you've got a nunchuck or right. whatever the case may be. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and it's, uh, I mean, like, freaking Assassin's Creed, man. If that's not a Wonder Woman game, right? I don't know what yep. it is. Yeah, Odyssey, obviously. Yeah. Um, I actually have my Cassandra. The, I don't remember what patch it was, but at some point they made that game where you can actually go in and change whatever mm-hmm. armor you like to use to look like whatever other armor. Yeah. Uh, so I am decked out uh, with the Amazonian uh, headband. Um, mm-hmm. and a red, uh, chest plate mm-hmm. and a blue and leather skirt with some awesome, like brass greaves. Yep. And I just, I have a trident on my back, so I'm also Aquaman, but you know, whatever. It's great. Um, <laughs> that is, <laughs> that's what I'm having to do because there are no movie tie-in games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep, you got to make your own at this point. Uh, <laughs> yep, oh yep. boy. Um yeah, so any any final thoughts about I guess, you know, just uh movie video games. You know, uh, I th- I think I, I think I kind of already did, but yeah, I mean, just uh they they used to be a bit of a joke. Some of them were really good, some of them had a whole lot of heart. And it was it was always kind of something to look forward to, like when a movie came, like a big blockbustery movie came out. It's like, oh man, like this would be fun to play as a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, again, that wasn't always the case, but you know, um, it's just yeah. I mean, I don't know what else I could really say. It's just it's been it's been interesting. They used to be so pervasive, and now it's like you said, they've kind of been relegated to the mobile market and. You know, and in some ways, uh, for all the bad movie tie-ins I can think of, that's that's probably a good, good idea. But again, for the Scott Pilgrims, the King Kongs, the Punishers, and they even made a game of a cliffhanger. You know, there's uh, there's there's part of me. It's like, yeah, I kind of wish we could, you know, get to that again. Yeah, <laughs> and I I also feel like, especially for for kids, mm-hmm. um, I feel like movie tie-in games are a great kind of avenue into video games. Sure, yeah. Uh, I mean, video games are becoming so big that you, you probably don't need an avenue. Um, mm-hmm. But at least maybe an avenue away from Fortnite, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, I can't, <laughs> I, can't, I can't let this conversation go without, of course, mentioning some, like, one of the greatest movie tie-in games for the Sega Genesis and the Sega Genesis version is way better than the Super Nintendo version, but um, Aladdin. 
Mm. Disney is Aladdin. Um, they what, made... wasn't the Lion King also like very different between its two consoles or something. I'm... Well, I don't know about that just because okay. that game was impossible. So <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, no, but um, Aladdin, like they even brought in Disney animators who worked on that movie to to work on, um, to to work on the game that was developed oh, wow. by Shiny, which was also home to Earthworm Jim. Nice. But again, see, I, I did it again. As, I, this, I gotta stop because, yeah, I could go on for another hour just like picking out games. But I, wa- I did want to mention that because I remember that being very unique uh, when it came out back in the day. Right. But well, I- so th- that <laughs> it, that's actually good that you brought that up because that brings us full circle. Because mm-hmm. Shiny, they made Enter the Matrix. <sighs> you know, it's funny. Because after Enter the Matrix came out, I can't. Re- I want to say this was after the third movie. They did Matrix Path of Neo, mm-hmm. which you played through the game as Neo instead of these two side characters from a movie that again you had to play in order to get the full picture, and then you never really saw them, and you know at all. Um, but that one was funny because you get to the final battle with Agent Smith. And then the game stops, and then these two 8-bit versions of the Wachowski brothers, at, back then they were the Wachowski brothers, Wachowski <laughs> sisters, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, Wachowski um, siblings. Siblings, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, the Wachowski siblings, and they're kind of sitting there in their chairs like, hey, yeah, so this is the part of the movie where Neo dies, and that wouldn't be fun to play in a game, so we're actually going to do this instead, and they kind of turn you into, like, giant Neo who beats up giant Smith, and, (laughs) you know. (laughs) That one was actually legitimately okay. It wasn't Enter the Matrix bad, but it was fairly okay. I feel like yeah, again that's that's an example of like that's probably the game that Enter the Matrix could have been. Yeah. If it had had, you know, a few more months in the, the oven or the crock pot or whatever yep. the analogy is. <laughs> um Yeah. Yeah, it's it's Ooh. unfortunate the the hands that um both the the games themselves and the people that have made the movie tie in games have been dealt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't imagine, you know, we, we've talked about them being relegated to mobile games now and just the way that that market works. I, I can't imagine it's any better, if not worse. Right. Yeah. Um, on the developer side of things. Oh, sure. So at, okay. I don't know, maybe one of these days, uh, we'll, we'll get some, some good proper tie-ins again. Mm-hmm. Um, but until then. I'm going to keep playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey and pretending mm-hmm. I'm Wonder Woman. Yep, there you go. And I'm going to learn game development so I can create the short circuit video game America is waiting for. <laughs> uh, all right, well, uh, any other thoughts before we move on, Alan? Yeah, I'm I'm going to... Damn, Telltale should still be around because if they did, they could totally make a short circuit game. Um, no, that is, that is, uh, that is my final thought. I'm going to learn game development. So there you go. All right. (laughs) We'll we'll be back in just a moment to talk about more video game stuff. So thanks for, for listening and thank you, Alan. We'll be, we'll be back. (laughs) 
Well, that does it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can find more information about the games we discussed below if you're listening on YouTube or in the show notes for this episode on DarkStation.com. There you can also find the DarkCast Interviews podcast as well as video game reviews, previews, and features. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at DarkStation underscore com, find us on Facebook, check us out on YouTube, and email us at podcast at DarkStation.com. For Brian Tyler and Alan Kessinger, I'm Jonathan Miley. Thanks again, and until next time, have a good one.